0: I love a bit of Teddy Sweat. Pina Colada song always comes on first.
1: After a, after a massive tackle, he just goes, Shake it off, shake it off. Oh, and today's A weekend Wireless, AT&T gets spammed with massive fine for massive bill spam. Hmm. We Google the history of Google and other Googlish websites, and SUPER-AS is the industry's sexiest new acronym. All that and more on this super sexy-sounding edition of A Week in Wireless. Hmm. Oh, and don't forget to tweet us your Christmas list at hashtag A-W-I-W. Mm. Hello there, and welcome to A Week in Wireless, the podcast brought to you by telecoms.com. Just, yes, you are definitely listening to A Week in Wireless. My name definitely is Tim Skinner, and I'm definitely being joined by Scott Baceno. Hello, my voice is fine, thanks. Uh, and Jamie Davis, is your voice fine, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, it's not doing badly. Good, good. Well, it wouldn't be uh, approaching Christmas if someone didn't get ill, uh, <laughs> as, as happens every year. Um, but, but yeah, I like it, man. It sounds, it sounds a bit more sort of developed and respectable and kind of like I'm doing the shipping forecast.
2: Your voice was fine until
1: you went out and got drunk on Wednesday night. At slander. <laughs> Not having any of it. Um, so yeah, should we just get on with it? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an idea, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, so for the, for this episode's outline, we've got starting off with Scott's bit this week. Okay, that's what it says on my on my key. I just take it over from there? Do you just want to? I'm just going to sit back and you, just like have some like honey and lemon. And have, a shit. have a locket or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are, we,
2: are we allowed to talk about brands? <laughs> yes. Good. All right, so another brand is AT&T. Oh, nice. So, a story I just wrote today, actually. Um, it's in the great scheme of things quite minor, but I thought quite sort of conversation worthy because they got done with a fine, or actually, they got to pay back their own customers to the tune of $88 million. That's not, a lot Not isn't? billion, as I accidentally wrote it initially in my story. Um, because of a thing called cramming. Now, what's cramming? I hear you ask.
1: It's not the. I hear you that whisper. You have- What's cramming? <laughs> it's not the, the practice of sort of leaving all your revision to the last minute. Uh,
2: no. No, okay. No, but that's, uh, I don't think you get fined for that, even if you're AT&T. Thankfully. No, in this case, in a, in a mobile phone case, it is basically just whacking extra premium services onto your phone bill right. without letting you know. So, it, I mean, you think of it in any other kind of way. You know, you go shopping and, uh, and you're paying for your stuff at Sainsbury's and it turn, turns out they sort of, chucked a bunch of bog roll in there that you
1: did Right, want. okay. Uh, so it, that that immediately makes me think of uh, sort of about 10, 15 years ago when all these sort of random premium SMS Yeah, services, like the crazy frog and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and then you get charged sort of like one pound fifty a message and they send you 10 messages a week kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I used to, yeah. I used to in a previous life I used to sit next to some guys who uh, ran a magazine called Mobile Entertainment right. and, and they used to joke that it's basically ringtones and porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, yes. And so, yeah, there was a time when ringtones were huge, wasn't it? Before we were able to, like on my phone, for example, I've just cut a little Jimi Hendrix track and made that my ringtone. Nice. So everyone's got the power to make their own ringtones now. But back in the day, yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? You needed some sort of special
1: really monotonal sort of <laughs> 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 exactly,
2: <laughs> and you know, and people would walk around with these incredibly embarrassing ringtones and uh, yeah. without without the appropriate look of shame. I, I remember
1: the days where you could actually compose it yourself on a Nokia. Right, And you'd use your, your keypads, oh, which would have one of four tones. And you could do yeah. Axle F or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's things like that. And there's also these little sort of top tip services that you can subscribe to. Again, on text, it's all quite anachronistic. Yeah. This is, as you say, reminiscent of like the early 2000s yeah, rather definitely. than now. Yeah. And you, know, you wow. can get horoscope. You can have wacky fact of the I'm day or something that's like still that. Happening. Well, so this was this this was quite recent. This is 2014. I don't know how long it'd been going on before that. And anyway, the FCC sort of got some complaints and went, "Hold on a sec, this isn't cool." Yeah. Uh, and AT&T went, "Yeah, all right." And then about two years later, they're refunding um, this stuff onto their bills. And right. You know, one of one of the angles I took on it personally, I, I think it's just just completely out of order. Mm. Uh, I think the only reason, from what I can tell from the story, that that AT&T allowed it to happen is is getting in excess of a third of each thing, it was trousering itself. Wow. Um, and, you know, someone at AT&T's obviously got a bit greedy. And, you know, to be fair to AT&T, they're not doing it anymore and they're paying back this stuff and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But that doesn't detract from the fact that it was out of order in the first place. And the angle I took on it was that this is not great timing either because, uh, as we've discussed a few times on this podcast, um, Trump was was campaigning... Uh, recently, and one of the things he brought up in you know one of his many stream of consciousness populist rants was having a pop <laughs> at the AT and T Time Warner merger, right? Uh, which is obviously a, a mega merger.
1: And what was his beef?
2: Um, that it concentrates too much media power in the hands of too few people. So it was a general beef at consolidation. Um, and he, you know, lots of people have commented on the irony. He's been having a pop at big business throughout, and everyone's going, uh, "Yeah, Donald, you're not short of a bob yourself, mate." Uh, but you know, that, that's a sort of ad hominem argument. That doesn't mean that his uh, his point is invalid. And so, yeah, he's he said on the campaign trail, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to block it, just straight up," you know, in that unequivocal, unnuanced way that Trump likes to speak. <laughs> um, and so now, AT and T are obviously a bit like, "Oh, we, we we better go and have a word." So he's yeah. they've gone to. They've gone to Washington, D.C., and, and they're lobbying away, right. saying, no, we'll be nice. But at the same time, they've All got this, this story help, about getting fined for rinsing their own customers <laughs> coming up. So I just yeah. think that's, that's sort of unfortunate timing for them.
1: Do you know actually, coming back to the sort of spammy messaging stuff, um, I don't know if you guys have experienced it in the smartphone era, um, but I had it not too long ago where I was getting spammed uh, from an, a, a random provider sending me dirty girls want it now sort of text messages um and um normally when you sat next to your missus yeah, (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah delete 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 Uh, and i was getting these twice a week and they were charging me 250 a time right and i then blocked it on my phone so block blocked this number for incoming messages and then about six months later i opened up my um my imac yeah and uh and on that, you've got syncing between your iMessage on your iPhone and, and yep. iMessage app on your on your computer, and it has six months worth of messages still coming through to my to my number. Right, uh, and I was being charged a fiver a week for this, and so I called up uh, O2, who are my provider, and said, "What the hell is this?" And they just went, yeah, it's not our problem. Kind of try to dust their hands yeah, clean yeah. of it and walk away. I was like, no, it is your problem because you've got a duty of care to make sure that I'm not receiving this spam. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I made it right. up and they believed it anyway. Excellent. Um, I used the I'm a telecoms journalist card and it went down a treat. Yeah. Um, don't you know who I am? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then they did that, oh, in an act of good faith, we'll refund you right. on this occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's no more. Problem. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nowhere near enough consumer protection for this stuff. And, you
2: know, I'm, I'm generally in favour of sort of light touch regulation, laissez faire, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, presumably at one time you accidentally clicked on some link or other, not knowing what on earth you were doing. And then there was a ton of small print. Uh, in fact, I might come onto the sort of
0: small print, print angle in a bit. Yeah. Accidentally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. We all Click, know clicked
1: on a link. We all know
0: yeah. that Tim looks like a bit of oh, like a pervert. So it probably was an accident. I mean, so. we sound like one
1: this week, don't I as well? What's <laughs> what's
2: a world coming to when you can't go on a marathon of porn surfing <laughs> and not end up subscribing to a few few little alerts, eh? <laughs> Blimey.
1: you know. It's nearing Christmas. we Want to treat ourselves? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, actually mentioning the uh, small print thing, you know. I, I was going to sort of juxtapose this where, where AT&T seems to be completely banged to rights um, with a, with another little um, tiff, ongoing tiff that we get in the UK, the Advertising Standards Authority. Mm. And our mobile operators seem to be using that as a battleground to sort of score cheap points off each other.
1: Uh, there's a lot of cheap point scoring going yeah. on at the moment. And, it's getting uh, quite
2: tedious. So back at, earlier in the year E grassed up three for making some claim alongside a purple Muppet in an advert going, yeah, we're we're great. And they went, well, you know, I don't think you can substantiate that. And anyway, now 3's got its own bag. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, And, you know, and he did technically do something wrong, according to the Advertising Standards Authority, which was to put up an ad saying that we're 50% better than everyone else. Yeah. And the 50% better claim was based on some, uh, um, I think, Ookla, you know, the speed test people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, their data from from a certain time and the ad came out about six months after that Mm. but their data was was like an annual review so um so it's valid for a year Mm -hmm. and they put in tiny little small print somewhere on the on the poster or the web ad or whatever this is from this survey and all all the asa came out with was like yeah it wasn't close enough to the claim Mm. so a bunch of people wrote it up as saying ha, they got told but I had a little look at it, and I had a little chat with EE, and I was like, no, actually, fair point. And EE was going, look, it's really a bit of a storm in a teacup. Right. I had a little look, and I thought, yeah, I think, I think I agree with you there. So that's how I wrote it up. Mm. So there's, there's a contrast.
1: What was the consequence for EE?
2: Well, this was? is a funny thing about these advertising standards rulings is... The censure is normally nothing more than you can't use that ad anymore. And by the time yeah. they get their act together to do it, the ad's in the ancient history anyway, yeah. and they weren't going to use it. So it was all an utterly cosmetic exercise. Is- but it's,
0: it's completely irrelevant as well because mainstream consumer don't cover these these sort of retributions from off uh, from the ASA, really, do they? So it's we write about yeah. it, but that's such a finite, yeah. small percentage of the general population
2: I mean, we have got a massive <laughs> well, <audience. yeah.
0: laughs> We got a substantial audience <laughs> but I mean like mainstream mainstream media it, like the main the person on the street yeah. isn't gonna see this this, this oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know they got their oh, wrist slaps because they weren't being accurate you know so anyone on the street will continue it's, to it's, believe
1: it's the classic situation of sort, of sort of the same with print media and some titles will run anything that they want to run mm-hmm. and then if they end up getting called out on it they'll run a tiny retra- redaction or whatever it's a retraction yep. right?
0: retraction yeah um yeah.
1: in you know a week's time in the corner of page 38 yeah, exactly. which no one gets to anyway just to say yeah sorry about that but the opinion's already out there but but,
0: that, but i mean it's it's slightly different again in this in- example because the adverts is run in mainstream media yeah but the retraction and the consequences on are only, press. Yeah, the, the only in trade I'll, press. The only thing I'll so, say to
2: slightly nuance that point, Jamie, is if um, national press covers the story and they go, E gets told off,
0: then it does come to the attention of consumers. So yeah, I, guess, yeah, it, I but, guess it depends who covers it. But yeah. the, what I mean is 90% of the time, yeah, 95% of yeah. the time, it, it isn't covered in mainstream.
2: Well, but, and, and I suppose the thing is if the national press do cover it, they're probably going to sort of sex it up a bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. They yeah, wouldn't yeah. do the more straight down the line factual reporting. Yeah. They'd be like, you know, BT E slammed yeah. over advertising
1: filth. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but no, that's 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 a very interesting point, and it it, it kind of just continues on this this vein of operators just trying to get the most sort of minute point scoring sort of yeah. thing over another operator. Um, we're seeing it a lot. We'll come onto it in in a moment actually. Um, yeah, just a ho- the whole sort of nonsense around open reach, Ofcom, yeah, yeah. BT. We've talked about it enough. It's just relentless.
2: Mm. Well, and one, one of the reasons these things come up in, in that sense is because they're regulated industries. So if it's pure private enterprise, then people compete and they win or lose. Yeah. But as soon as it's regulated and, and you've got people like Ofcom and you've got people like the government and you've got this, that and the other getting involved, mm. that's where it creates a whole new sort of uh, front of the battle. And and seems to lend itself to this sort of perma whinge that, yeah. that that we that we feel compelled to cover on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. No. That's that's yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, any more for any more on this side of things?
2: No. No. I, th- I think that's done it. I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out for AT and T. I think they're going to have mm. to they're going to have to be real nice to Donald Trump for a bit. And actually, on a complete tangent on that one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was reading something uh, in the Economist this morning about how many big business people are rowing back. You know, so in the in the presidential campaign, they were just going, "This bloke's a complete tool." Yeah. Uh, and now yeah. he suddenly won, they were like, "Yeah, yeah, I've got a lot of time for this Trump guy." <laughs> I
1: think he's all right. Yeah,
2: he's, uh, he's he's made a he's made a stern stuff, and they're all just rowing back, and not just because he won, but because. He, you know, the, the context of this article I was reading was, was talking about things like protectionism and also how he's willing to intervene right. in a very populist way like he made one company that was going to relocate a lot of its workforce to Mexico he made them not do it right. Um, and so companies are like look we, we've got to stay on his good side or he just might lay some capricious vindictive stuff on us yeah. just because he read something on Twitter decided to run with it because he does seem quite impulsive yeah. Um, so yeah, you know that's that's a complete tangent. But in the context of that, I think there's a lot of companies, AT and T included, who are thinking, right? We've got to have a rethink about how everything about how we approach the public sector, how we approach lobbying, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. I mean, what are they going to do, do about lobbying? Because one of Trump's things was that he was going to drain the swamp of Washington um, through that he was referring to lobbyists, right? You know, House of Cards type yeah, of yeah, yeah. scenarios, um, and yet. You know, if you want to try and positively influence Trump, you're going to do it through lobbyists. So but, I, I wouldn't want to be uh, the CEO of a US company right now.
1: I think that's particularly relevant as we're going through so much M&A at
2: mm-hmm. the moment.
1: Uh, incidentally, this week... Um, Microsoft had its LinkedIn yeah, acquisition finally. sort of fully. Approved sort of, by the EU. Yeah, you know, I ran with a little story. We'll keep it brief before we go to a quick break. But I um, I ran with a little metaphor of sort of Microsoft showing off LinkedIn to its mates. Mm. Uh, you know, like it's just gone on the most expensive date in the world. And $26 billion later, it's, <laughs> right. got, a, it's got a girl that it wants to show it's around. A
2: trophy acquisition. And yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. And the European Commission was one of its sort of mates with a bit of a sort of Complicated history. Yeah. And uh, and it finally went, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, you're good, mate, you're good. Okay. Uh, you treat her nicely, yeah? yeah. Um, and, and the kind of the, the prelude to that is that they basically stuck a few strings on it, basically saying, don't be really sort of dickish about what you force people who use LinkedIn right. to buy and what uh, current um, Microsoft users, Windows users, are, are able to integrate with their applications and stuff. Um, so uh, so yeah
2: yeah and Microsoft of all companies has, has learnt the hard way to take the EU seriously well exactly M- yeah. much so I quite like to slag it off as a bureaucracy um, if they want to mess with a big multinational they will and they can
1: well, we've seen that with Google as well over yeah, yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, just uh, just before we go to break, I finished off that story by saying now that it's woken up the morning after the 20- twenty six billion dollar date the night before, Microsoft will be seriously hoping it hasn't suffered a massive case of beer goggles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, we're going to go for a very quick break, and we'll be back with a lot more stuff right after this. So stick with us. Hey Scott. Hey Tim. Do you remember that Exploding Phone
2: story from this year? That was a laugh, wasn't it? It certainly was, although not for Samsung. No. And what about things like, we were talking about IOT sheep, and we got Jamie's sort of weird obsession with Vaseline. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Indeed.
1: Well, why don't we have a Christmas party to celebrate all the good things this year? I think that would be cool. Who do you want to bring along? Well, Mary Clark, she was a laugh.
2: Yeah, and uh, Richard Fogg, he was yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, Henry Burrell, he yeah. was here. Um, Uh, Ian from Light Reading. Oh, good idea, good idea. I mean, maybe even Jamie will make an appearance.
0: Yeah, I suppose if we must. What do you reckon, Jamie? Yeah, I suppose I'll be there as well. So join us next week for the Christmas special where we'll be looking at all the best stories from 2016.
1: Yay! Oh, how very festive indeed, eh? Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, welcome back to Weekend Wireless. Thanks very much indeed for sticking with us, listener. Uh, we are now going to be talking about um, Ofcom, kind of calling the bluff of all the people that have been moaning for ages about about fibre and open reach and all that sort of stuff. And yes, I know we've covered it a thousand times hmm. and we'll probably cover it another thousand times. But this time is actually quite quite different and, and I dare say, more interesting. Maybe it's because Jamie covered it. Mm. Yeah, well, it definitely is. I mean, people...
0: Like to read my stuff, so you know <laughs> what you're gonna say.
1: Whereas they do begrudgingly for me and Scott. I well, know they just do it because they,
0: they, you know, they're they're at the website already. Have to read in one of my articles, <laughs> so they just might as well click through to something <laughs> else. Anyway. Jamie and his telecoms groupies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I paid you a compliment, and then you threw it back in my face. So why don't you get on with it? <laughs> yeah. Do <laughs> your uh, <Great> job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now it's basically, I mean, it's it's something that's been in the works for some time now, but. But everyone, I think, I think the whole industry, I mean, we are sick of this Fix Britain's Internet campaign now and a lot of pissing and moaning from a lot of the competitors who yep. just feel that they're getting a raw deal from BT and Openreach. And they might do, but they've done it in such a such a petty manner yeah. um, that it's really starting to get on everyone's nerves. And it looks like it's got on Ofcom's nerves as well. <laughs> they, they basically just turned around and said, Right, okay. Um, we're going to open up all the ducks and all the poles uh, from OpenReach. We're going to give you the opportunity to lay your own fibre. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, you know, if you're not happy with the the GFAS or the copper-based solutions that BT are using, why don't you try and do your own? Do it yourself. Do it better, um, yeah. Which I think is it's a great idea. I mean, Ofcom are basically... They they could have ended up with quite a lot of shit being thrown in their direction by not forcing... Sort of fibre, yeah, at least from us, yeah, or from us, <laughs> or from yeah. from just everyone in the industry. Yeah, um, you know, why aren't you forcing BT and Openreach to separate? Why aren't you yeah. forcing them to lay more fibre? And they've just turned around and said, "Yeah, get this off my get, you know, get this flaming bag off my doorstep, <laughs> and let's go, let's go put it elsewhere." You know, you guys have the opportunities now to to lay fibre. Um, let's see if you've got big enough bank accounts, or whether you're just using this this as a stick to slap BT around. Yep. Mm. Um, which I think I think it's it's great. It's it's a great yeah. little turn in turn in the saga.
2: Yeah, well, it, I I think it certainly gives BT some sort of uh, riposte. Yeah. So there'll be another one. You know, you said you had this fixed Britain's internet, and you covered one a few weeks ago where three come up with a whole new parallel campaign oh, I can't called, remember what it's called now make was, the airfare oh yeah, yeah. make the yeah. airfare cool. yeah. basically I Piss I wasn't Dyson. hugged enough when <laughs> I was a kid or something like that and um <laughs> and yeah and there's going to be more you know there's going to be uh, buymeapresent.com yeah. or something and um nice very festive of you <laughs> yeah, exactly um, and yeah can just go do it yourself there's, yeah I mean this it, is great now I think this is, so is a great. Yeah,
1: <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It has. It's totally turned the tables now. And, and Ofcom must have just been sat there for ages. You know, there, there's something I'm just, I'm just, uh, I've brought up the Fix Britain's Internet website while, while we're having this conversation. So there's 103,000 signatures. Does you know, that mean you've got your
0: mobile phone? Um, you've got the internet on your mobile phone. I do. Off. I
1: do. But as we've, uh, as we've already even discussed, even though
0: Brad says you're not allowed to do it.
1: Yeah, but I've got Wi-Fi on, but airplane mode on. So there's no, there's no cellular signal coming in and out. No. So I'm fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brad's saying
1: it's still shit. Brad's saying that I'm not allowed to because it might go bing, but I've also put it on (laughs) Do Not Disturb. Yeah. What
2: next, Brad? Yeah, got any more? He's got nothing. (laughs) Arriving on time. Anyway, let's move on.
1: Um, So so Fixed Britain's internet has said that they've received 103,000 responses sent over to Ofcom. So Ofcom's probably sick and tired of reading through those. Yeah, especially as they're all from their mates and family. Because, well, actually, (laughs) (laughs) but they're also like templated (coughs) responses. Right. So they'll have to go through each one anyway to make sure that it's not a template response for them to find out, yeah, it's another one. It's another template response, another template response. Anyway, on the Fixed Britain's internet website, they say five things you need to know, uh huh. So now it's quite interesting to see if they're going to hold themselves to the same standards that right. they've had. BT, halty BT is meant to maintain the national network, but even the regulator says it's letting Britain down. huh. So does that mean if these guys don't sort it out with their own opportunity, they're letting Britain down as well? I don't indeed. remember
0: Ofcom ever really um, coming out and saying that either.
1: Yeah, uh, they, they have said it's unacceptable, and they've they have publicly slammed BT for this. There before. was some stuff
2: I covered earlier in the year when they were talking about it, and they had a pop. But the angle I took was they had a pot, and then they went, but we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, yeah um, exactly, yeah. So it was like, yeah, it's bad, BT, you're very, well, you're very naughty, you really must do better, but it's, ultimately it's up to you. Yeah. Yep. And so th- that so, was what happens. But they are getting a bit more hardcore now. Yeah, yeah,
1: I've got, I've got another point. Yeah. Through taxpayer money and part of your bill, BT has paid billions to maintain the network but in rural areas, nearly half of premises can't even get speeds of 10 megabits per second.
0: Yeah, of course, through your bill. What a ridiculous thing to say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're implying that, I mean, you pay for the service. Yes. I mean, there's... Yeah. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my my thought on on hearing that is the second half of the sentence, which is saying nearly half of premises in rural areas can't even get speeds of, of 10 megabits per second. Yeah. Uh, actually says speeds above 10 megabits per second, by right. the way. So then they've now also, Ofcom's internet turned it around and said, okay, well, now you have to be able to provide Indeed. 10 yeah. megabits per second to everyone. Um, to, to some sheep farmer in the Brecon Beacons. BT is spending <laughs> billions... Always by... comes
0: back to <laughs> sheep, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: I... Always comes wow. back. Wow. <laughs> I don't wow. think it did, mate, until you brought it up. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna It was quickly, implied. I'm gonna just just pass off go go yeah, go past yeah. that one. Uh, BT is spending billions buying the rights for televised football rather than investing the money in Britain's broadband infrastructure, which now also implies that these guys aren't allowed to invest in anything other than internet. Indeed. Uh, And BT has kept OpenReach reliant on copper rather than investing in the -the state-of-the-art pure fibre like the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Copper is up to 100 times slower and far less reliable. So Mm -hmm. now they have the opportunity to take fibre straight out. Oh, and they're using up to, which back to
2: what I was talking about before, the advertising standards... (laughs) The, they get called out. Broadband people
0: get called out on this up To thing, and we've yep. probably covered it on the podcast before. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I just, I, I really, really hate this campaign because they treat BT like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like BT. I'll give them a slap every now and then when mm-hmm. they deserve they it. They
1: need to be kept honest.
0: But this, but this campaign treats BT like it's a nationalised government body that has Fair to point. spend all of its money on yeah. having the most advanced uh, sort of network mm-hmm. that's available. And, I mean, it's a it's a private company. I mean, yeah. it's got shareholders to look after.
1: There's also, that whole argument about televised football rights is one that I've never got on board with. It's, it's comparing apples and pears. That money for the football rights is coming out of a different part of yeah. BT. Yeah. And, and it's also implying that BT isn't investing money in Openreach, which it has been doing. It just hasn't been doing it in the same areas that the people from Fixed Britain's internet would want.
0: I mean, I think it's it's a ridiculous. I mean, this is a great, great move by Offcom, and I know exactly. I've just got this this theory of how it's going to play out, and I I'd, I'd like to see what you guys think about okay. it. So, basically, they've been given the freedom. Uh, to do whatever they want. Now, I don't think that anyone's going to come out with any substantial statements before Christmas because who listens to stuff around Christmas? Mm -hmm. So in January...
1: Makes me really glad we're doing these podcasts around Christmas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're just wasting our time here, aren't we? So then then in January, they're going to turn around and they're going to say, well, we're coming towards the end of the financial year, so we obviously haven't got any cash left to spend on these sorts of things. So let's wait until 2017, 2018, then we'll start looking at where we can find some cash. Then as soon as next year comes around, they say, well, 2016, 2017 wasn't as profitable as we thought, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to leave it off till next year. Yeah, and then and so as soon are. as next year comes around, they're going to go, actually, we don't think it's commercially feasible. It'll put your bills up too much. So we're going to have a look at more sort of in-the-middle copper solutions that we can transition G-fast through the fiber, like GFAST or yeah. VDSL Pro, whatever that bloody one that Nokia brought out the other day was. Um you know, <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. That's be...
1: that's the one that's basically a bit like G but not as fast.
0: It's no G it, medium. Yeah, it's yeah. in between VDSL L2 and VDSL two and G Fast. So yeah. basically they're just gonna do what BT are doing and yeah let's see. Go on. Well, Go on Dyson let's see what you've got. So one other <laughs> point I'll make about
2: all this chit chat is a story that was going on I I think last week about Ofcom going, do you know what we are going to make BT separate Openreach, yeah, 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 and we were like, okay, that's a bit of a turn up because they've been so toothless up until now, and they suddenly said we're going to. But then, in the small print of the press release, it said sort of asterisk unless BT decides to play nice.
1: Yeah, well, when I first when I first went through that that story, Mm -hmm. I took it to mean they've actually enforced the separation now. Yeah, yeah, there's no more no more messing around. You've had your chances. You've had your one billion lives, and you've lost all of them. So now we're going to take it away from you. Uh, and so I had started writing this piece with, a, "Well, good for them. That's, yeah. that's great." And then it was it was pointed out to me by by one of our colleagues, Ray, yeah. who said, "Actually, this is still just another step mm. in that direction. It's, it's it's just another incremental movement. It's not a, 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 a real sort of punishment for BT. They're still trying to work with them." Yeah, um,
2: but what it what it, but what it what it was was a hardening of the negotiating position. Yeah. And I wonder whether this poles and ducks thing is part of that. So they've hardened their negotiating position, and they will have gone off. Gavin, sort of Hasselhoff, strike through Patterson. Yeah, uh, best looking man in broadbands, <laughs> yeah. according to Jamie. Um, <laughs> well, apart from Jamie, of course. Uh will have. Right. Uh,
0: yeah, you've seen this shit. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> will have gone off and gone. All right, these. Uh, I, th- I think we're going to have to take these guys a bit more seriously now. And and so it's all just a very incremental negotiating thing, and maybe. BT just went, all right, and how about we totally, like you asked us to do
0: back in February, how about we actually do that and we properly open up? Yeah. Our I, think, and I think it's a great move. I think it is an absolute, because it, it just, it gets rid of all the excuses mm. and it says, look, we don't need to try and bully one company which is trying to protect its shareholders. Mm. Uh, you know, we we open it up to the whole industry. And I think, I, I mentioned this, in this uh, uh, when I was first looking at the story a couple of days ago, this opens up a really good opportunity for some random player out of nowhere that's got a couple of billion uh, sort of like tucked in, Kicking like, about, yeah. Well, kicking about, you know. You know what I mean? Like um, Geo in in India, yeah, yeah. Just, just a player out of nowhere that can come in and completely disrupt. Or the someone like Google, market. Google, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one last point I want to make on this uh, this
2: whole Ofcom saga thing. So, what everyone else like Sky and Vodafone and uh, and all the others, except for Virgin, who always sort of keep a strategic sort of silence on this stuff because they yeah. own their own infrastructure. Um, what to do is, is total separation, this thing that Ofcom's yeah. now sort of threatening more, more explicitly than ever. But, and one counter-argument BT has, which I think is a, a valid one, is there's no guarantee that if it was completely and utterly separated, open reach that is, mm. that it would do a better job than it's doing now. Um, there wouldn't mm. be the claimed conflict of interest, i.e., BT wanting to have a crappier service for all its competitors than for itself. Yeah. But who's to say this independent Openreach, which if it was still a for-profit organisation, would have you know an incentive to sort of
0: underinvest and and profit take and all that sort of thing? I mean, you could make the arguments that they would have more of a case to underinvest because mm. if it as Openreach as part of the wider BT Group is yeah. propped up by profits from yeah. the consumer division, uh, or yeah. the y, the BT division. Um, you know, if you make it a standalone thing, there's no Possibly. profits to support it. So, they, if yeah. it's a bad year, it might drop off investments so in the network. Yeah, so, it's not yeah. a given. Is my no. point? It may no. be better, but it's not a given.
1: No, and they and and one of the points that Ofcom was saying when it when it mentioned this um, legal separation um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week or the week before, is that. They are hesitant, they're still hesitant, and they're reluctant to go for full structural separation purely because of the implications it will have in the mid, short to mid term. Mm. Is that it will take years for them to you know fully establish open reach as an independent yep. company and and all of the 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 legal ramifications of yeah that. like who gets custody um, of the kids
2: yeah yeah, yeah exactly you <laughs> can get yeah. them the
0: weekends to go to the zoo <laughs> and,
1: and uh, then and then, it, then who the, can
0: deliver bad news to Hasselhoff as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah I mean I I'd like to think at some point we'll have an episode of this podcast where it doesn't come up right well, on that on that note on that note, let's let's move on. Yeah. Um, so we have got uh, a bit of news here that Bluetooth has uh, announced uh, the fifth generation of Bluetooth, the, the moment we've all been waiting yeah. for. God, God, what a time to be it's alive! It's like a new
2: iPhone, isn't it? A new Bluetooth. Everyone and, gets all excited and queues up.
1: Yeah, it's actually easy to forget that Bluetooth is actually its own organisation right. as well, because yeah. it's just Bluetooth, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. just got Bluetooth. Um, but the whole point of this release is to to um, to keep up with IoT to make sure that it doesn't miss out right. on being important for IoT. Um, so uh, so what it's what it's basically done is increase uh, sort of range, speed, efficiency, stuff like that. Right. I don't know why they even need to say that. Surely it's implicit the fact that they've upgraded the specs. Um, well, I suppose so, but I mean. Uh, then you've got to ask yourself, what, what what's Bluetooth for? So up until for the
2: first, for the last sort of 10, 20 years, Bluetooth has been about, for me anyway, it's been about mobile phone accessories and peripherals. Uh-huh. So for ages yeah. it was a little Bluetooth headsets that you put yeah. in your ear and then people talk on them and you think they're mad because you don't realise they're talking on the phone. Yeah. Uh, and then at home, I've got a Bluetooth speaker. You know, yep. and that's quite handy. I can be in the kitchen um, cooking and just play music from my phone yep. through a speaker. So that's been the, the main use for me. And I guess the question is, you know, and the one that they're presumably trying to address with this release is, is that going to be enough in future? Or does it need well, to be used for more?
1: Exactly. So they... They said a lot in their announcement that it's going to be all about IoT. Yeah. But they haven't actually specified how they want to be involved in IoT. But they're going to so So, be involved. But they're they're all over it, basically, is what they were saying. Um, And to go alongside that, they also then said they're going to make sure that it's more interoperable and compatible with various sort of wireless frequencies. So there's not going to be this sort of conflict. Right. um, Or interference. Yeah. and, uh, and basically the whole point of it is that it wants to have simple and effortless interactions across a variety of connected devices. Right. Like you, I can't actually think of a single use of Bluetooth yeah. that isn't wireless headphones or wireless yeah. speakers or a wireless uh, headpiece or something. Um, well, the
2: one, one that springs to mind, so often when we're talking about um, IoT connectivity, we talk about things like MBIoT iot and, and over, IoT over cellular. Yeah. But what if, let's say, you're within the home, you had a hub... Like you have now with your Wi-Fi hub, but that was also the hub for the connectivity between IoT devices and the rest of the internet. Okay. So the devices communicate with the hub via Bluetooth. Yeah. And then the hub via the rest of the world via you know yeah. broadband or or 4G or whatever.
1: So it's actually comp- you're saying it could be competing with other sort of in-home IoT standards. Yeah, I think so because
2: it, it seems quite inefficient for every little future IoT device to be connected to the cellular network when they could just be using simpler technologies like Bluetooth yeah. via a home hub. Yeah. I don't know how viable that is, but just off the top of my head while we're talking about it.
1: Yeah. Producer Brad gives you the nod. Yeah? yeah. Are you cool with that, Brad? Um, he's given you his seal of approval. Oh, he stamp! Also, he, he also wanted me to say that you can also have Bluetooth cameras, I think, is what he was he was getting at as well. Right. Which is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they make it a little bit less... Uh, difficult or unreliable than current Bluetooth stuff because the amount of times I have to try and connect to one device mm. it just makes you want to hang yourself <laughs> it's it's just su- Do you, you think the that? pairing
0: the pairing <laughs> process is a bit too yeah it's just, it's just tiresome right. yeah, I mean I've got I've got Bluetooth speakers at home yeah um, yeah take, take them a rugby and they're great yeah. I mean, I've never. I mean, maybe it's the actual sort of like the accessory that you have got. I think it might be. isn't very good because I because yeah. me connecting to my speakers. Yeah. I've never had any issues with it. And then sometimes, um, the the other guys I play rugby with, they want to connect, you know, connect their music. And it's always paired pretty pretty quickly. So maybe what, it's yeah. just a device. What, what think, music think, do you play at the rugby, Jamie? Uh, just everything and anything really. But bit bit Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Swift. I love a bit of Taylor Sweat. <laughs> Pina Colada song always comes on first after a,
1: after a massive tackle. He just goes, "Shake it off, shake yeah, it yeah, off." Yeah. Nothing like a bit of Taylor to
0: make you want to run around a pitch battering
2: blokes
1: for eighteen minutes. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so I mean that that happened. What the one other thing that did kind kind of annoy me about this announcement is that they started, um, you know, using a, a sort of mantra about Bluetooth five. Bluetooth right. five is. And right. they did like that multiple times. And it actually kind of <laughs> made me laugh. Because um, the first one is, Bluetooth 5 is setting the stage for the future of smart home, of audio, of the IoT. Oh, uh, so, it's right, all right, Yeah. You uh, feel like they're really hectoring and nagging you after a while. But then they kind of started that to that tail off. That
0: gets me a little bit as well. What's that? The IoT doesn't sound right at all. It's just IoT. It? No, no, but when you, when you say it without the acronym... The Internet of Things. Yeah. It sounds perfectly natural yeah. there, but the acronym yeah. sounds
1: horrible. <laughs> um, so they so they had that one. That was the first one. And then then they ran out of steam pretty quickly. Right. Oh, it's brilliant. Bluetooth five is ubiquitous. Uh. And then <laughs> it was really clear it was running out of steam. Uh, and I used the metaphor saying, like some poor intern had been told that they yes. had to get three key points written by the exactly. end of the day. The third one, Bluetooth five is doing more with Bluetooth. (laughs) Uh, And I said, well, you hope, because otherwise, what's the point? And then then the
2: last point, Bluetooth 5 is one more than Bluetooth 4. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's, um, Bluetooth 5 is going to be coming into devices (laughs) um, in the next six months. Uh, So we've we've all got to mark our calendars for that.
2: I'm just remembering a conversation we had earlier. I said to you, why is it called Bluetooth? Ah, right. So, no,
1: I've done a bit of digging on this. Uh-huh. I have I have been doing a bit of digging on this. Cool. I, uh, I didn't so, know that
2: you'd done any digging. That was a really spontaneous link, everyone.
1: <laughs> um, so, the origin of Bluetooth, if you haven't heard it before, um, is actually, it comes from an old Danish sort of um, king, is the word. Right. An old Danish king. Uh, called King Harold Bluetooth. Uh-huh. I know. Uh, and they probably had to was, do that because um, they were all called
2: Harold. They all had to have nicknames. <laughs> could have Harold the 400th. No, you
0: couldn't. Yeah. No. So they go
1: for Bluetooth. No. After a while you surely just have to deviate slightly from Harold like a different yeah. spelling of Harold. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings
0: are slightly weird though with their surnames. Um, is in that your surname is taken as your father's first name. Oh. So and I didn't that's know still that. with uh, that's still with people who live in Iceland today. Right. So depending on what your Father's first name was that is your surname, oh, that's, oh, that's and it's actually, not, and you don't even put son or whatever most on most the of them. Have, have oh, it. right. yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like, um, uh, well, who's the, the old Chelsea striker? Good Johnson, good Johnson, yeah,
1: oh, yeah, there you go, it. The um, the logo, the Bluetooth logo, mm-hmm. uh, is actually a combination of the old um initials of Harold Bluetooth, okay, um but just sort of smushed together. All right. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Um, so it was invented in
2: Denmark, then, Bluetooth, we can so safely
1: conclude. You'd assume... Actually, no, it wasn't. Oh. It, was, it was explained by an Intel employee called Jim Kardak, who came up with with who was one of the founders of Bluetooth oh, right. and he'd recently been reading about Viking history and he said uh, he said that Bluetooth was borrowed from the 10th century second King of Denmark King Harold Bluetooth who was famous for uniting Scandinavia just as we intended to unite the PC and cellular industries with a short-range wireless link. Oh. <laughs> oh it's just amazing oh,
2: that's great um,
1: so what that actually made me get on <coughs> to doing was was looking into the origin of some tech companies that, ah. we've, that we've got today uh, so I've got a few here that I've gone through, and I've gone for the big obvious ones. So um, Amazon. Any what, any thoughts on... What, the name or
2: th- just how the, it started? The name
1: of Amazon and how the brand name of Amazon came around. Any no, I mean, guesses? I certainly remember
2: Amazon as, as one of the very first sort of internet... It was back at the first dot-com bubble. Yeah. Uh, they were being hyped up a fair bit, and they, they were originally just an online bookseller. Yeah. But I don't know yeah. where why they've named themselves after that river.
1: So, well, exactly, yeah. So you and, and producer Brad have just hinted at the, the Amazon jungle and the Amazon river, yeah. um, but actually... Perhaps um, they were
2: saying, because we're selling books, we're responsible for destroying most of the Amazon rainforest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, deforestation? <laughs> That's us. They're, they're, they're
2: rubbing everyone's nose in it.
1: Um, Jeff Bezos,
2: yeah. the, the so, yeah. bloke who started uh, yeah. Amazon,
1: wanted, initially wanted Cadabra, as in abracadabra. Yeah. So I suppose it's kind of your wish is, right. our, is our is our is command. Um however his lawyer, when they were looking into trademarking this, heard it, misheard it as cadaver. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, so they wanted something less. Welcome to well, corpse.com. Yeah, exactly. They just wanted something a bit less, you know, dead. Right. Uh, and so they came up with something and at the time, at the start of of, of Amazon's um uh existence and and at that time of the internet's formation, having a letter near the start of the alphabet would get you a higher ranking and be easier to find, much like a phone book. So they went for for Amazon. That's back in the Yahoo days. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Speaking of which, do you know what what uh, Yahoo was originally dubbed? Something Uh, to do with the guys who founded Yahoo. OMFG? Nope. Nope. Um, but but we'll come on to acronyms in a uh, second. What
2: was that? Jerry Yang was one of them. Yeah, Jerry's one of it. them. Maybe Yang is the the yeah bit of Yahoo. No. Was there a bloke called Who? <laughs>
1: um, Jay, any thoughts? Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was initially called. This is he amazing. It doesn't, t- doesn't waste our time, does he? No, I love it. I love it, especially when we've got sort of air to fill, <laughs> air time to fill. Um, <laughs> this was originally called. I love this. It sounds like sort of a stoner movie. Jerry and David's guides to the World Wide Web. Wow. Catchy, huh? Uh, they eventually decided on Yahoo. Yahoo, I hear you ask. Uh-huh. Is an anagram, of, not an anagram? Uh-huh. Acronym. <laughs> okay. Of yet another hierarchical officious oracle. Oh, there was an exclamation, exclamation
2: mark. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's a bugbear of mine. Company names with punctuation in them. Yeah, I will not put the exclamation mark at the end of Yahoo. I almost edited out the question mark from Jamie's witch story, but I thought I would just be petty, so I left it in. Which with a question mark? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, personally, I don't. It just winds me up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've got two more here. eBay was originally called Auction Web. Okay. Uh, e at the start of eBay had nothing to do with electronic, which is a popular trend in the late 90s to, to signify something that right. was digital. Uh, it, it meant Echo Bay. Okay. Uh, and uh, echobay.com was taken, so they went with eBay. Right. Just by, just by accident. Uh, and um, Google. Um, oh, I think I know that one, isn't it? Yeah. Googleplex, the number. Oh. Uh, close. Oh, it Google. is maths related. No,
2: no. Googleplex is their address. Anyway, yeah, but there it's, is a number which is like ten to the power of
1: hundred or something like that's that. Exactly. Yeah, it. it's, it's a Google. A Google there, yeah, uh, yeah. without the <coughs> e and with an o before the before see, the l. Yeah, Googleplex is um, what they call their HQ. And it was a typo that came up with with Google as we know it. Oh right. It was a typo, as I think the legal team was looking for domain names, and right. they came up with Google with an l e and and. The they rest love their real
2: maths geeks. So that's ten to. Is it ten to hundred? It's is ten, 10 that, to hundred. Yeah, ten um, to the power of one hundred. They they once they were bidding for some. Uh, for some uh, IP from a former telecom giant called Nortel. Yeah. uh, And they were bidding against other people, other giants. One of their bids was 3.14 blah, blah, blah billion. Yeah. So pi billion. Yeah. You think they're that geeky. That even when they're bidding yeah. for billions of dollars, we've, they've got to throw it's, little it's geeky references a popular bugbear
1: of Jamie's as well, isn't it? How sort of self-indulgent they can be and yeah. their, their URL like and all their, that sort of it's stuff. It's like their
0: corporate address. Yeah. Alphabet's corporate address is ABC.xyz. Mm. Yeah. And that's, yeah.
1: Um, so coming back to Amazon, that was a fun James, game, wasn't it? That was a fun game, wasn't it? Jamie's getting tense. hope, hope <laughs> we've all learnt. The whole yes. point of fun is to learn, after all. What about the acronyms, one? That was the Yahoo. Oh right, okay. Yet, yeah, yet another hierarchical, so Oracle.
2: You, you might not want to contribute, but
1: at least pay attention. <laughs> 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 uh, so coming back to Yahoo, they've uh, they've Im- implemented a whole bunch of sort of driverless car technology to develop a supermarket of the future. Oh uh, yes. cool. tell us Amazon. more. Amazon, Amazon have yeah. What, tell um, us about this supermarket. So you basically you have uh, an Amazon app called Amazon Go. You touch in much like you would an oyster right? Uh, yeah. or, or, a, or a, a sort of a travel barrier, I suppose, yeah, yeah. for anyone who doesn't live in London. Um, and that immediately recognises that you've entered the, the store and then you can just wander around and take things off the shelf, right? put them in your bag, and it uses computer vision and sensors and things mm, like that Yeah, to see what you've taken. And when you walk out, it accumulates the total and, and, that's it. And, and bills you for it. Yeah, you don't have to go to a checkout. You just breeze have have out. Cash or card or anything. You just just swan out of there. Does
2: it know if you've got something and you've had a butchers at it and you go Nah, actually, uh, fancy yes, it? it
1: does. So, so they well, at least in their their very handy demonstration video, yeah, that they, that they put on there, as a woman who picked up something, walked off, and then actually went and put it back on the shelf, and it deducted it from her from right. her account in real time. Um, and so they've opened they've opened this as a concept store in Seattle now. And uh, it's only open to Amazon employees yeah. for now, which you'd usually consider to be a bit sort of self-defeating, but it is the HQ of Amazon, who's Seattle. Yeah. So there's a ton of them, I suppose, who work around there. Uh, they're going to make it a, a, a beta concept next year for, um, for wow. people who work in Seattle. Um, but I thought this seems a bit more like a, a white-label solution. That, right. they, that they're developing, and at least how I, that's how I interpreted it. So they could then start selling this globally to Sainsbury's or whatever. To, yeah, to whoever. Because yeah. um, so if we like step
2: along, like right now, the innovation in Sainsbury's is that we can self-check out, and we go and scan our stuff and pay, and we don't. We don't oh, but have yeah, to get they're a pain in the ass, though. But this is like taking that to a
0: whole new level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm I'm a bit skeptical about these sorts of those sorts of things. Yeah. I think when people buy stuff, if they actually. I don't know. It's strange. Like Unless they go through the process of buying or unless they have the, the goods in their hands, it becomes a lot more difficult to actually justify it to yourself in your mind, if yeah. that makes
1: sense. When you know you're going to have to go and have a transaction.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the things, um, the other example was, uh, do you remember there was a couple of years ago, there was that idea of having like a virtual supermarket on the tube? So you oh, could yeah. you had some sort of wall. Yeah. yeah. And then you could. Oh, so they've actually goods. done it in some places. Yeah, like I, think Korea or it, whatever. Yeah. I think they've done it in Tokyo, yeah. Okay, right. But I think there was ideas of trying to do it on the London Undergrounds. But I think it's just like that's it's just a little bit too much of a jump. Yeah. If that you know you need to so is that, it, it, that it, it lowers the barrier to so impulse purchasing. So no, you not. might go to Sainsbury's and come out with four hundred <laughs> donuts to pick a random example. <laughs> I think um I think it's if you it's one of these things like we talk about incremental builds in 5G and ai and iot yeah. all the time yeah. and they're really necessary because it normalizes it in your mind so much more something like this i just think it's a little bit too much of a step okay. um, and maybe, it might maybe, not yeah. generally be accepted like the I, video purchasing with the walls
1: i um, i think it will um i think as a strategy for selling into supermarkets where they could maybe take parts of it as a strategy and then uh, and then sort of implement sort of bits of the technology, as opposed to just taking an Amazon white-labeled store and then implementing mm. that. Uh, however, that did give me a new acronym. Supermarket as a service, or super-ass, Yay. for sure. Yeah. Uh, we all I, like a bit that. Like. Uh, Anyway, moving swiftly on, because we're rapidly running out of time. Um, I'm not going to talk about that one. Right, I don't like it. Well, that's, that's definitely moving swiftly. And, and also because we're running out of time. However, uh, this is proof of IoT in motion, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's it's real-world IoT really actually benefiting people. There was a, uh, an attempted car theft in Seattle where the thief saw the fob uh, right. to activate the, the BMW in question yeah. uh, just left on the, on the seat, the driver's seat. Right. So he hopped in. Tried to get going on it. Yeah, took it for a little drive, and then when the owner realised it was stolen, he reported it stolen to the police. Who worked with BMW to remotely track down the BMW and lock it. So the guy inside, yeah, so the the guy who nicked the car was just locked in it, and uh, and then he ended up um, as as all super genius car thieves do, falling asleep in the car just in an alleyway somewhere. Right. Uh, and then woke up with the Seattle police right. knocking him on the Standing window. Standing
2: outside the car patting sort of <laughs> clubs and batons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, which I think is absolutely brilliant. I, th- I love that. Um, so, yeah, good job, Beamer.
2: Yeah, and that's um, that's, that's living the IoT dream right isn't
1: there. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, so yeah, any more for any more, gents? Oh, I'm going to say that again without the squeaky voice. <laughs> any more for any more? No, nope, looking forward to our big Christmas special. Yes, yes. Stay tuned for that, listener. Next week we'll be having uh, a whole bunch of us coming in your ears. So uh, yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah. Thanks very much indeed for listening to this super sexy version of uh, Weekend in Wireless. <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah, thanks very much, uh, Jamie. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and thanks very much, Scott. It's quite all right. And thanks very much, Brad. Bye. Now stay tuned for some late night jazz. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed for joining us on another episode of A Week in Wireless. Join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag AWIW. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, same people, but even better.